0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Best Of. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. And for those of you who weren't able to listen to every podcast that I did this week, don't worry. I'm not too mad about it. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Just disappointed. But I still got you covered. We got you every week here with a Best Of where I'm going to give you a taste of everything that was in the podcast feed, starting with this week's Raw Roundup. After the match with Bailey, Rhea Ripley, and Asuka. Rhea Ripley took her frustrations out on Asuka by hitting her with the Riptide. So I'm guessing I'm guessing we're gonna get a feud between Rhea Ripley and Asuka next. Then we had Seth Rollins come out. He had his hair all matted down for some reason. I love that he seems to just enjoy making people angry with his looks. I think that people are so confused (laughs) about his looks lately that he really is just kinda dialing it up even more. I posted a funny TikTok I saw where some young girl was screaming about about Seth Rollins and some of the some of the men who don't understand it. It was pretty entertaining. Uh, she, called, she referred to him as Sethany Rollins, <laughs> which got a laugh out of me. But Rollins comes out. He says that he'll face off next week against Bobby Lashley on Raw. And the winner of that match gets a U.S. title shot. Lashley comes out next. And Rollins tells him he hasn't been the same since he lost to Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. He then asks if he's jealous of Brock Lesnar since Brock is a bigger deal after all of these years, saying Brock Lesnar had the career that you wished you had. Lashley gets angry, and Rollins tells him the U.S. title won't fill the void of not being able to defeat Brock Lesnar. Bobby then decks Rollins, and they start to brawl it out before backstage officials begin trying to break them up. Rollins and Lashley keep breaking free until Lashley accidentally spears Petey Williams instead of Rollins, and Rollins dips out of the ring. You know, I I I got no problem with this. You know, I think I talked about how I know I talked about uh, the video vignettes on this during the SmackDown roundup and how I really like the those for character building. But Lashley and Rollins are two superstars that we don't need any additional character building to right now necessarily. We know who these characters are. They're fairly defined. Well, I think they are. Some people are a little confused by Rollins' character as of late, but I get it. I think they're fairly defined. I think that, I think that with something like this, it increases tension, and that was another thing that had been kind of missing from some of these feuds was tension, where you feel tension between the two superstars, where you feel tension in their match, where you feel like they actually dislike each other and Rollins did a good job of that here. Rollins has actually been the one who keeps kind of crossing the line with people, calling out Riddle about his kids, he's uh calling out Lashley here about Brock Lesnar saying he's jealous of his career. He's really kind of the one that's 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 stepping over the line continuously and 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 kind of having fun <laughs> on the other side of it. Uh, you know, kind of, but just still right at the line. And I think that, you know, with tension, you really want to build tension. You want to make these feuds feel like they're authentic, like there's something that's actually happening. And I think that Rollins does a good job of that. And and this w- felt real. It felt like something you could see happen. It felt like something that these two superstars would do. Uh it felt, you know, organic, didn't feel like forced whatsoever cuz personally like the contract signings to me just don't excite me cuz I'm like well what what do you mean contract signing like what contract needs to be signed you guys are both superstars that are employed by the company like there's not a contract they get signed for en- every other match so <laughs> i think that when you want to build tension in an organic way something like this still works it's classic pro wrestling and i was into it next we had austin theory who gets asked about the segment that we just saw between Rollins and Lashley. He says he doesn't care because the future has just begun. Mustafa Ali then laughs about this and gets into it with Theory, which leads to a challenge for later in the night. Theory says, after that, though, he doesn't want to hear the word opportunity come from Mustafa Ali's mouth ever again. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Mustafa Lee's been getting beat up a lot on these shows. Is that going to happen again? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there shortly. Uh, but first, there was an extension of the JBL Poker Invitational. Corbin and Dexter get into a hand, and Loomis wins, which angers Baron, and he starts laying into him verbally. But Loomis pulls out his axe, and Corbin quickly changes his tune. At another table, Dominic and Akira Tazawa get into it, And this sets up a match for later in the night. Similarly, you know, I think that rather than just a match being thrown out there where there's just no no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever, I don't necessarily like that. I like there to be some story involved in the matches. So even if it's just, you know, a small match between Dominic, And Akira Tozawa, I like there was reasoning for it. They got into a little thing backstage. They want to fight afterwards. Easy, done, moving on. Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali. There was a real scary spot on the top rope in this match where Theory caught Ali, who was trying to hit him with a Hurricane Rana, but he caught him to powerbomb him, but then they both just kind of fell to the ground. Thankfully, Mustafa Ali quickly got back up, didn't seem to be hurt, and they continued on. The match ended a little bit later, though, when Dolph Ziggler interfered, causing Ali to get disqualified. So now he continued to complain about needing opportunity because Dolph Ziggler ruined his. So he goes off on Dolph Ziggler. And while they're arguing, Fury attacks both and was eventually the only one left standing. I thought that this made sense here. I think that Mustafa Ali does need to ultimately be the one who wins the United States championship from Austin Theory. He's been around it too much. He's been talking about wanting to be the U.S. champion. He put this amazing promo on social media, uh, I think it was today, uh, which would be Monday, uh, where he talked about what, what it would mean to him to be the United States champion and and I think that you should go watch it, if you didn't see that yet, because it was very emotional, very moving, but I think that when you see stuff like that, you just want this guy to succeed, you, Mustafa Ali is someone who the people are behind, as much as he might, you know, lose, or um, whatever, I say lose, you know, lose in a storyline sense, um, I think that the people are behind him, I think that the moment can be built up to, and I think that's where this is all going. He is getting over match by match, you know. Before, I don't think he was necessarily getting the opportunity to showcase himself on a regular basis, and we are seeing it more often, whether he's losing or not. Uh, he he's getting to showcase what he can do more and more and more, and I think that's ultimately the opportunity that he really, in real life, was looking for. So I think that also in this match. I liked that Dolph Ziggler got back involved because it did feel like the theory and Ziggler stuff was just kind of dropped. So, him still having beef with Austin Theory makes sense. I just, my only issue, I guess, is Dolph Ziggler is definitely a heel at this point, it seems to me. And Austin Theory is also a heel, uh, Mustafa Ali is a face, but there's a lot of heels surrounding the United States title except for Mustafa Ali. But there's Austin Theory, there's Dolph Ziggler, there's Bobby Lashley, there's Seth Rollins. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people circling the United States title, and I think that's great, but there's a lot of heels circling it. Um, and I, I do think that we need to kind of mix that up a little bit. I don't think heel versus heel gets the crowd going as much. Even if it's you know an awesome performer like uh, Dolph Ziggler and, an, and and you know going against a guy who can go like Austin Theory, I still think that heel face dynamic is important, and I think we've been seeing it more and more that the the more you define people's roles, the the easier it is for the crowd to get behind them. So I'm, I I want to see where this goes. Obviously, I'm reserving all my judgment, um, but I am happy to see Mustafa Ali continuing to get a push. And I think it was uh, smart to reinsert Dolph Ziggler into the United States title scene. I just say that with a caveat of like I do think that maybe pushing him as a babyface more would be would be beneficial though, because I do think that it's very heel heavy right now, and it would help it would help for him to be a face. But the fact that him and Mustafali were still arguing after the match doesn't lead me to believe. Dolph Ziggler is going to be a babyface. Maybe he's a tweener. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice. Moving on, JBL is seen talking outside of his poker invitational, and Miz approaches saying he didn't get invited. Uh, JBL says he can join, but it costs $50,000. Miz explains that he doesn't have a lot of liquid cash right now because of the Dexter Loomis situation, so he gets turned away. And then after the break, Corbin is shown to be cheating, which angers the OC, and they challenge him to a match with Alpha Academy. As that is all happening, everyone leaves, and Dexter and Johnny take the rest of the money off of the poker table. Uh, similar to what I was saying before, I think like you can do fun things like this that 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 lead us to matches that aren't as you know high stakes. No pun intended. And 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 give us a reason to, to to have those matches in a way that also furthers people's characters and and you know lets them sh- you know show their personality more in a backstage thing that leads to something that gives them more time to show their in ring prowess as well. I think these are all good things in my opinion, even as something as silly as a little poker tournament. Bianca Belair. Is then interviewed by Kathy Kelly and says that what Bailey did tonight was impressive, but she'd be proud to wrestle any of the women in the triple threat matches. When asked who she thinks will win the second triple threat match later, she doesn't really give a firm answer. Next, we had the OC versus Baron Corbin and Alpha Academy. As usual, this was a fun match where each guy got an opportunity to showcase themselves, and the OC eventually hit the magic killer for the win I think that man I said it on Twitter and I've said it on this show like so many times now but Chad Gable and Otis continue to be the MVPs of Monday Night Raw in the Triple H era they've really shown what they can do as performers we see it on a week-to-week basis whether they're backstage whether they're in the ring they are looking good and that continued here that continued here even with a loss I think that it didn't really matter uh, because they're really still killing it. Like, they're killing it on a week-to-week basis. I think that as someone like myself who's a longtime Chad Gable fan, it's so nice to finally see Chad Gable getting the push that he deserves, getting someone that believes in him right there to let him do what he can do. And we're seeing it all the time, I and mean, he's just so entertaining. The shooshed up, the thank you, the technical wrestling, just everything. He, he is the exact performer that people always thought he would be if someone just kind of, like, let him loose, and we see it every week, and I just think it's fantastic. I really, at some point, want to see him win a singles title. I want to see that. I think it would be awesome. Give him, like, the... It's tough because the U.S. title is becoming the main title on the show, so it's a little more difficult. But once Raw gets the world title back and they have a secondary title, I want to see it. I want to see the U.S. title on Chad Gable. Candice LeRae chats with Byron Saxton about having to wrestle against EOSky Sky next week on Raw. Candace says she may be new to Raw, but she's known these women for a long time. And now that she's a mom, she has so much more to fight for. Johnny and Dexter Loomis approach the conversation and they show her how much they want in the poker tournament. So Candace calls the interview to go hang out with them. It's a lot of money. It's understandable. Small little note here, but I think that Candace needed to talk about her history more, needed to talk about how she's not new to WWE. And I think that that was kind of established a little more here with that brief little comment that she made. I think also smart to talk about her becoming a mom and how she has so much more to fight for now. Helps her relate to a portion of the audience. It gives you a reason to understand her motivations. These are all things that I like to see. Helps build up characters. It might sound like a broken record, but I like character building and that's what we got from Candice LeRae here, who's one of my favorite wrestlers. Next, we got Dominic Mysterio versus Akira Tozawa. The finish saw Tazawa missed a senton from the top rope, which Dominic took advantage of by hitting the frog splash for the pin. After the match, Dominic seemed like he was going to add insult to injury, but Street Profits ran out to make the save. The Judgment Day in Street Profits is a good program for both sides. Judgment Day needs to move on from their feud with the OC. Street Profits needs something new upon their return to Monday Night Raw. And I think these two sides will gel together nicely. I think that the Street Profits are just money. They're so good. And I think that Judgment Day have really become the team that will make them best as a group. Like, they've really ditched the goth stuff, and they just feel like their true selves... As a group, maybe that likes you know darker things, but they don't seem like goth kids. They're not you know going over the top with all the goth things anymore. They're just a cool group that likes to kick ass and take names, and to do that against the Street Profits is a good one because I think that these guys can have a long feud together. The Judgment Day had a long program with Edge. They had a long program with the OC, and I think that. They can do the same thing with Street Profits in a way that will give the Street Profits a chance, will give them an opportunity to wrestle in singles matches as well as tag matches, and I think the people really enjoy that. I, I know that I like seeing Montez in singles matches. I like seeing Angelo Dawkins in singles matches. They're both really good at what they do outside of the team, so like a Montez Ford versus Finn Balor, that sounds awesome. Uh, Angelo Dawkins versus Damian Priest, yeah, give me that. Really think this feud has potential. I was excited about this one when this happened. I felt like it was a good start for the Street Profits on a new path for the Judgment Day. Into all that. Adam Pearce approaches Lashley backstage and warns, warns Bobby that if something like earlier happens again where he makes contact with, with a backstage official, he might have to take the match away next week. All right, that's got to be foreshadowing. I feel like the Bobby Lashley versus Rollins match is not going to happen now. Rollins is going to take advantage of the fact that the match has to be taken away if Lashley overreacts, and this has to be where we get the, the, the return of the hurt business. I keep saying it. I similarly feel like a broken record when I keep talking about it. But it's clearly building to that. So I feel like I feel like Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley isn't going to actually happen next week. That's just my hunch. I'm sticking with it for now. Finally, the main event, Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross versus Becky Lynch. I saw a lot of people online talking about maybe this match not being quite as good as the triple threat match that preceded it earlier in the night the finish saw Becky hit the manhandle slam on Nikki on the apron, then damage control hit the ring and powerbombed Lynch through the announce table. This allowed Alexa Bliss to hit the twisted Bliss for the win. So next week, it's Bailey versus Alexa Bliss in a number one contenders match for the Raw Women's Championship. So here, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I know we're heading into Bailey versus Becky Lynch, right? That's clearly the direction of those two next. They're they're going back and forth on the mic. The setup has already begun, and and with with Alexa Bliss, one thing that we have continued to see with her is we keep seeing that Bray Wyatt logo popping up behind her. So. If Uncle Howdy is in charge of all these videos, and he remembers the past, he definitely seems like he remembers what Alexa Bliss did to The Fiend. So something is going to happen between Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss again. I do think we're getting closure to that story in some way, or a continuation of it. So those are the two things I see when I look forward to this match next week. I think, okay, well, how does this match end? (laughs) How does this match end? I I tweeted. I said, okay, so Uncle Howdy appearing is going to cost Alexa Bliss the match next week, right? And all of you seemed to disagree with me. (laughs) Everyone seemed to disagree with me. Um... Uh, Everyone else seems to say that Becky Lynch is going to interfere, and that she's going to cause Alexa Bliss to win. And then that's how we get into Bailey versus Becky, Alexa Bliss wins the number one contendership, but then then the turn happens, and she's going to revel in what she is, returning to her former self, and going much more... Uh, into her, you know, the, the little Lomas Bliss, uh, you know, Firefly Funhouse version of her character. A lot of you said that. I see, I see from Mary Helen Clark, nope, Becky will cost Bailey, Alexa's getting the match, then the turn, she's going to revel in what she is. Saw someone say, I have zero brains for this take. Someone else said, y'all want to see Bianca Bailey for the 10 millionth time this year. I kind of do, only because I do think that Bailey should be the champion. Lastly, here's a portion of the SmackDown Roundup. Next, Joaquin Wild and Cruz Del Toro versus the Viking Raiders. Before things really pick up, though, b comes out, sits on a chair at the top of the stage, which distracts both teams long enough for Hit Row to attack them with chairs. Hit Row take out both teams with the chairs. Then Valhalla jumps on their backs. So v, v... I'm getting my V's and my B's mixed up here. So B-Fab takes her out too. B-Fab then tosses Valhalla into Zelina on commentary. And AJ... Excuse me. Top Topdala hits his finisher uh, on Cruz del Toro to finish the segment. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm someone who loves tag team wrestling. I've always loved tag team wrestling. I think that tag team wrestling is a special thing. And I, and I, and personally, when I look at tag team wrestling, I want to make sure that all the teams stand apart, that there's a difference between all the teams. They all have their own vibe, their own thing, because then you're going to, you're going to, you know, feel like you, certain people are going to want to cheer for certain teams You're going to be able to relate to these people. You're going to be more into their characters when you see them. And it helps, obviously, when they're all good wrestlers as well. Uh, But these three teams, I'm excited about this. You know, um, the Viking Raiders have been getting uh, a a dedicated push. Spence Triple H uh, has come back. Um, Even though, you know, he was a, what's called, uh, Eric was injured for a minute. Uh, They've really, you know, Triple H... Has clearly always been a fan of the Viking Raiders. That's why he brought them to NXT. It's why he gave them huge pushes in NXT. And seeing that, again, in this new incarnation where they're being taken much more serious. They've got a much more dark vibe. I love it. The Viking Raiders. Legato. Legato has been looking fantastic since they hit the main roster. They've really been showcased in the way that brings out their characters as best as possible, and then Hit Row has been a a thing that Triple H has been building up since he came back. One of the first teams that he brought back, or one of the first like you know people he brought back, brought them back as a team. And I think that all three have been getting proper build. I think that the history between uh, the history between Hit Row and Legato is there, and I just truly think that now that we've got three teams that are in this mix together that all can go that fans know about now as a whole is really going to spice up the division. We got these three teams feuding now. We still got New Day. We still got teams out there. We we got Imperium, we got we got stuff happening. The tag team division is alive and well. The Usos is alive and well. Street Profits, well, they're on. They're on Raw. They were just on SmackDown tonight, but it's just tag team wrestling is is on the rise again in WWE. You know that Triple H has that same appreciation for tag team wrestling. He has showcased it well in NXT, and I think this is really going to be the start of some dope tag team wrestling. That We've already seen it amongst the top teams, but I think that this is going to be a cool feud in the middle that shows that you can have an awesome mid-card tag team feud that doesn't even need to necessarily have the tag team titles attached to it to have bangers. I'm excited. I think these three teams are going to mesh well together. Next, LA Knight is shown walking backstage looking for Bray Wyatt. He walks into a room and sees a Bray Wyatt shirt hanging up, so he walks in. And then the lights turn off. He flashes his cell phone around the room to try and figure out what's going on. And, of course, sees someone in an Uncle Howdy mask. Ah! He screams as the show goes to commercial. I thought we were going to see more after this. I thought we were going to see, like, what happened to him. Maybe see him under a pile of stuff. But we, Unless I missed it, we never saw more with L.A. Night after this. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with 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 uh, LA night now I'm, I, did he get kidnapped is he has he been taken to the the fun house are we gonna see the fun house coming back are we gonna see some some new characters what's going on here I would like to know all I know is that after the break we see superstars hanging backstage with Kurt Angle and Gable for his birthday and you can briefly see in the corner. Bray Wyatt arguing with someone outside the door again. It looks like he's arguing with himself. Gonna have to wait and see on that one. Gonna have to wait and see. But in the meantime, someone hands Kurt Angle a number one dad card. Aw, it's revealed to be Jason Jordan. What a reunion. Those of you... Who have been watching for for I don't know the past couple of years I don't want to say a while because it doesn't makes you sound old. It wasn't that long ago, it was just a couple of years ago, when we had the Jason Jordan storyline where it was revealed that Kurt Angle was his dad. So I like that we had the little throwback there, and it's been so long since we've seen Jason Jordan on TV. Sucks that the guy got injured and that he hasn't that he wasn't able to return to the ring, but it's really good to see the fact that he has. Found a new career behind the scenes, seems to be loved behind the scenes, seems to be killing it at this job and found a second life in the wrestling business behind the scenes. So nice little callback with Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle. Next, we had Ricochet and Gunther come out for their contract signing, which is immediately interrupted by New Day. Before I explain why New Day did that, though, let's have a quick commercial break. So, New Day come out, and they explain that everybody already knows how this is going to go. Gunther is eventually going to get mad, and this will all descend into a brawl. So, they're coming out to back their boy Ricochet. Adam Pierce chimes in saying, that won't happen. And Woods cleverly asks if Pierce has ever watched wrestling before. It's probably my favorite line of the night. One of those things was like one of those wink-winks to the camera. Because all of us watching these know the tropes of the contract signing. And of course, even though Adam Pierce says that's not what's going to happen, this is exactly what happens. Truth, excuse me, uh, this is exactly what happens. And and a match begins. Woods was telling the truth. Woods knows. Woods loves wrestling. He gets it. Uh, I, (laughs) you know, when I saw... That it said that it was there was gonna be a contract signing on this show. I kind of sighed to myself, like, ugh, oh, I don't know. Do we need those tropes to still be around? I feel like the contract signing thing is so played out. We've seen it a million times. We all know what's gonna happen. So it actually pleased me when Woods called that out. I thought to myself, well, wait a second, okay. <laughs> If they're going to still do it but call out how easy it is to know what's going to happen in these segments, well, I guess I can't be too mad at it. It was very meta. It was very Deadpool because uh, it's almost like the, the Triple H and Company felt my sigh through the TV, felt all of our sighs through the TV. Life's not about me. Life's not about you, Ryan. There's more than one person in the world. Oh, wait. Are you guys still here? Oh, you are. Sorry. Uh, where was I? Imperium versus New Day and Ricochet. That's where I was. That's what happened after this. It was a non-stop match that saw New Day and Ricochet keep up the pace for most of it. It's actually wonderful to see Ricochet getting a dedicated push again. The guy is such an impressive wrestler when given the opportunity to showcase his abilities. And I really think in a year's time, he'll be in an even better position than he's ever been on the main roster. But do I think he'll beat Gunther for the IC title? Ricochet, if you're listening to this, just, just mute it for like a second. It's just us now. Okay, there's no ricochet here. I don't think he's gonna win it. I don't, and I and and I, I say that sadly because oh sorry, I meant to, I meant to silence my phone. Apologies for that. Uh, but I just think that this I.C. title reign has been going so well, and they have been. They've been doing it so well that I think it has to lead to WrestleMania. And I don't know if he even loses the title at WrestleMania. I think he holds it still. And I Earlier today, I saw that John Cena is coming back for one SmackDown at the end of the year. And I asked people to fantasy book who they think John Cena might set up a WrestleMania match with. Now, some people said he's going to announce that he's in the Royal Rumble. Then he can do something at WrestleMania that can be set up there. Not a bad idea. I also saw some people saying that uh, a confrontation with Theory makes sense too. Since the one they had before, Cena walked out on him on. And now Theory's had a new change of character. He's more confident in himself. Will he just go right for Cena and call him out? All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Before I get out of here, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you enjoyed this little taste of the roundups, you'll get full Raw and Smackdown roundups every week. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed and check those out. I put a lot of work into them, so I hope that you're enjoying them. And if you are enjoying them, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I think you can only leave an actual review on Apple Podcasts, but leave a, a rating on Spotify. Just let people know you like this show, please. I want more people to listen to it. <laughs> also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday on videos, so go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. There's also clips from Ron Smack down there, there's clips from Out of Character, there's YouTube Shorts, there's a community tab. Everything that you would want out of a YouTube channel in wrestling is there on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel, so go make sure you subscribe, and also follow WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, we're on all of them, so make sure you are following us there, all right, you go have a great Sunday, and we'll be back Monday, tomorrow, to talk about Monday Night Raw Once It's (laughs) Over.